What's up, Fight Fan? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. It is Tuesday, July 7th, 2020. This week's episode, Fight Island, has arrived. I'll be going, we'll be going over everything. We'll be talking about the news, who's out, who's in, everything in between. And of course, the entire show is going to be dedicated to breaking down all of the marquee action on Fight Island this Saturday. My name is Gabriel Gonzalez. I am your host, and I'm here with the second part of the double act, Miss Natalie Zamudio. Hello, Double G. What a week, man. What a week. <laughs> what a weekend. Remember yeah, that when we woke up Friday days. morning, yep. everything, well, you know, things are, you know, not exactly the best, but things were on schedule. And by Friday night, oh boy, jeepers creepers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Uh, jeepers. And uh, I mean, could there, you can't write this stuff, but... But the UFC always has an answer, and they sure found a, a couple of a couple interesting ones, or at least one really good one. And we'll see what comes uh, with the rest of the uh, the problems that have arisen. I mean, let's get right into it. Friday night, it comes out. Uh, okay, uh, I want to ask you, how did you see the news? I'll be honest, I was chilling. I I think I like took a shower for the like the second I take the shower in the evening I'm done like I didn't even go to the garage to get my car you know so I'm I'm officially done anything else it's waiting till tomorrow I don't go further than the living room after that um I check my phone I see it on Instagram Gilbert Burns is out due to COVID how did you how did the news get broken to you it was through a ESPN notification um and uh the little you know little banner that pops up on i have it set to pop up on my lock screen and uh i was like what (laughs) double take but i think i I can't remember what time it was that i found out and that by that point already the rumors were masvidal covington as the potential you know replacements you you found out friday night though right i think so i can't remember Not, not the next morning right it was that night I think it was that night, dude. Honestly, okay. it's a little bit of a of a blur my life and these days. So. All right, you know what? Um, I'll be honest. To me, it was so crazy that I legit thought it was one of the, you know, like a joke account, like a meme website that you know. Oh, look what they did! They got that high quality MMA junkie watermarked photo, and you know something. You know, you just. Photoshop the letters and the words onto it, and boom, you have something that get gets people's attention, like the Max Holloway one that he was out of the fight with uh, Volkanovski. But I'm no, so glad I didn't see that. That would have been too much for me. Like a fake Helwani account got Ben Askren over the weekend, so it's like ay ay ay. But you know, so it's like all right. So it happened um, by Saturday morning. By now, you guys know the gears are turning. Jorge Masvidal is getting tested, he's, you know, they're doing all that vague, like, oh, he's on the phone, and he's, he's captioning it, negotiating, I could order a pizza, and write the same thing on Instagram, so it's kind of like, is he messing with us, like, you know, it, it wasn't out of the question that they're just yanking everybody's chain for the sake of, you know, jabbing it, you know, thumbing their nose at the UFC and Kamaru Usman, I really thought that that was a distinct possibility. 
it would not have it did cross my mind like of course it had to have been an option how could it not but when i look at a big picture i never for a minute thought they there's no way like if they didn't you know if it was money before the only reason you would take a big fight like this on no notice is money you know when you think about everything and we're obviously going to go in depth in a minute but I was just shocked and by Saturday night Sunday morning when they're saying it's official it's like dude wow I mean Fight Island went from you know we talked about it it's like this is the fight that was going to happen and the fight went from respectfully a stacked card to now probably one of the more must watch events of 2020 under the circumstances oh yeah for sure it's it's one of the best cards like this is going to be a historic card fight island just the location alone already you know gets you going the card as it was beforehand was excellent but this is next level so whew, I, I think the UFC is probably even though they they had to shell out some extra cash is probably you know a little bit grateful that they were so diligent with their testing and they caught they they caught their main uh, one half of their main uh, uh, event because it had turned into it turned out to what everyone actually wanted it to be. Now I hear you. I mean, we're going to talk in depth and break down Kamaru versus Jorge uh, toward the end of the show. We're going to work bottom up. But yeah, I think the big elephant in the room, they're testing for about, uh, I want to say at least two to three events at the same time. So compared to Florida and other stuff, I think it's just been more staggered. At this point, though, it's obviously come out. Uh, I don't know how else to say it, but people are, they're finding people infected. It feels like left and right. Pedro Munoz is out of the fight with Frankie Edgar, obviously Gilbert, but then um, plenty of fighters, uh, Marina Rodriguez, Anderson Dos Santos, bunch of fighters, not just on the Fight Island card, you know, the big one, but all our consecutive fight nights. It seems like everybody is, uh, you know, Every card seems to have suffered this. And then obviously the news of Mike Brown earlier today. It's The only thing I can imagine is that I want to adjust the numbers a little bit for inflation. In that, okay, you know, they're doing more tests than usual. So by common sense, there should be, or I don't want to say should, but the likelihood of more positives is higher, right? So I get that, but... I, I don't know what else to say. I feel like this... Look, I, I don't want to get in, go down the rabbit hole of like what's going on. I'm very aware outside of MMA, you know, reopening, masks. What, people wear them here. They're not wearing them there. I don't know what to tell you it is. All I know is that it is concerning that this many cases have popped up. I don't know how else to say it. Yeah, definitely. And, and it, it lines up with what's happening in our country. Um, so for however many of these uh, the fighters or coaches that were living in the United States, then, you know, it, it sort of makes sense. But um, my my first question with this latest news from Mike Brown was, you know, did he have contact with Masvidal recently? Like, I, I, you know, Masvidal said that he was mostly just staying fit on his own but did he ever meet up with Mike Brown I don't know I mean obviously he's passed one test and and he's in Abu Dhabi but I was just curious I don't know if you have any insight there 
You know what? I read it. I didn't see the report. If it's come out and I just missed it, then, you know, that that's on me. But I heard that he was Brown was allegedly still in Vegas, which I also find a little weird because it's Tuesday afternoon now. I mean, he's essentially getting there just, you know, assuming he left to tonight, tomorrow morning, he'd barely be getting there in time for Saturday. It feels like after waiting and testing in order to be there for Jorge to begin with. I'd like to point something out. I did see the Gilbert Burns interview, the headline. He does feel like people aren't respecting the mask thing in Florida. Uh, I know there are a lot of people feeling the same way around the country. But he did bring that up. I, I did get concerned because obviously Mike Brown trains a ton of people at ATT. But I'd like to point out, if I'm not mistaken, he was there for Dustin Poirier last week. Or, you know, roughly a week and a half ago. He sure was. You're right. Tested negative. So, I mean, if anything, I feel like this should be a good example. Like, guy, like I'm telling you guys from experience, they sit there, they test us twice at UFC. I think I wouldn't be surprised if the cornermen have three. I I can't double check that for you right now, but I know for a fact just to sit, I'd never even make physical contact with any of the athletes. I'm tested twice. And if I come up positive, I'm not allowed to continue with my, you know, as part of the of the festivities. You know what I mean? So I think this is just case in point. Less than two weeks ago, he was testing negative. Now, you know, it's come up like this is a real thing still. That's the only thing I can really expand on to say. Yeah, the Rona don't mess around. It's just waiting for us around every corner because, yeah, it's a great point. He was he was clear. Uh, less than two weeks ago, and somewhere in the in, in that during that time, boom, it found him. Yeah, but um, look, we'll talk about that with more um on Kamaru Usman versus Jorge. Uh, Natalie, I know it's gonna get lost because we're gonna have to recap this one and predict two more cards. But did you see the news earlier this afternoon? Tiago Santos coming back for against Glover Teixeira. I did see that. Yeah, dude. Okay. Woo. I like that fight. I like it um, stylistically. Uh, I, I love the matchup. Those are two guys who are going to bring damage. Glover looked great against Anthony Smith. What I like is Santos kind of fights at his pace. You know, he's not trying to pitter-patter and move around. They're kind of both, you know, they know they got the power and they tend to try to throw it around a bit. You know what I mean? So I like that. Um... I guess very bluntly, the uh, knees, uh, Tiago Santos. Do you think this is enough time? Do you think he's good after how everything much, that happened? Yeah, how much time has actually passed? He fought last this time last year. It was a year ago, I think, yesterday. Yeah, man, that's. It seems like in theory it should be, but it, you know it depends how how severe the repairs were that needed to be done, and how his recovery has been. Um, probably the quarantine life was, was beneficial because you kind of just have to focus on, on yourself. Um, I don't think it's too soon, but it's a good opponent for him to come back to. However, Glover sure, man, you know, I won't count him out again. He don't mess around. So <laughs> he put it on Anthony Smith and, uh, he can taste, he can taste how close he is to, uh, to, to making another run here. I mean, this is basically it the run so he'll be he'll be gunning for him leg kicks i don't know we'll see what he does he's he's crafty 
and uh, very intelligent. So it's going to be a good fight. I mean, on the one hand, it's like Santos is kind of drilling counters all day, right? Like it, it's got to be common sense. You know, it's not personal, but uh, leg kicks all day if you're fighting Santos. I mean, why yep. would you want? Why would you want the possibility of him being as explosive the entire fight, right? At the right. same time, like, well, you know, I wouldn't like if if he times it right. I don't want to be on the other side of the counter. We know what he can do, so. I don't know. This is going to be a fun one, though. But, yeah, I want to bring that up because we most likely won't get to it next week. So, yeah, plenty there to discuss. Um, Natalie Zamudio, Dana White announced Fight Island back in um, April, if I'm not mistaken. Or might have even been late March. And Mm, here we are. Finally. Finally. (laughs) Let's stop wasting time. Let's get right to it. The first fight that we're going to break down, Paige Van Zandt versus Amanda Hibas. Paige fighting for the first time in more than a year. Amanda Hibas, she's kind of becoming the breakout star. You know, beat Mackenzie Dern, beat Ronda Marcos, has called out Paige. Um, Look, uh, we'll talk a lot about the future in a minute, but just stylistically... These girls match up well with each other. Paige, very active, very athletic, very powerful. But Amanda Hibas, very active, very strong herself. This is a very well-matched fight, in my opinion. What about you? Yeah, definitely. They're both they're both super game. And Paige Van Zandt is always like, like we can never forget how tough she is. And she doesn't quit. She doesn't like to lose. She is not an easy out. But as far as striking, like Amanda Hibas has a pretty slick one-two and long, lanky arms, a little bit like Amanda Nunez style, the way she whips them out. I think for me that's going to be the difference maker, but I'm mostly really excited to see how Paige looks. I'm like on on edge here, worried about her arm, you know, because that's been such a such a serious problem for her. And like there are only there's only only so many steel plates you can put in one tiny little bone there on her arm. So so I hope that it's it's healthy and that it can withstand a fight, you know, blocking kicks. And I, I'm sure she's training and it's okay now. Obviously, she's been doing some kind of training. But um, more than that, beyond that, because of where she is with her contract, this is her last fight with the UFC, the comments she's making about how she makes more money on Instagram and how just the new interview, right, she could have made the same amount of money having a regular job during the six years that she's been with the UFC. So... I'm happy that she, like many other fighters, are being vocal about compensation. And what I hope is that she has a strong performance, win or lose, strong enough that she's able to, you know, get the most value for her um, bang for her buck when she goes on the free market. Yeah, to talk about the fight, um, I think Amanda's just more uh, multifaceted. And what I mean by that is I think that if they get into a 15-minute striking battle, I favor Amanda's hands and footwork. Um, not that Paige is, you know, how do I put this? It's not that she's not competent, but I just think that Amanda's level of striking is a little bit better. Um, Amanda is, I like her grappling against Ronda Marcos, but I think that that's the key to victory for Paige, get in top position. I know a lot of people, you know, Look, I get it. Like, you want your popular star, you know, to have the nice, flashy knockouts. If you ask me, I think that Paige's best uh, facet of her game is um, top control. She does a great job generating damage. 
She's very big and powerful for the weight class, very tall. She gets a lot of, she just knows how to, you know, stretch, get momentum on her shots, keep the top position. I think that the key to victory for Paige is to get her down, but yeah, that's a very tough fight. I think Amanda's got a lot of weapons in that one. Um, we'll go, wait, do you want to give predictions real quick? I, okay. did, I mean, I think you went to Hibas, but just to... Well, frankly, I'm not sure, man, because because like I'm saying, Paige is a tough out, and there's a lot on the line for her. I'm actually not going to to go against her on this one. I think she's gonna she's gonna get the win, and it's if if it goes to to the judges, she won't win. I don't think she could outpoint Amanda Hebas, but I think she could like out hustle her. And so I think what you're saying is actually pretty spot on. Get her on the ground, top control, ground and pound, maybe a submission. So I think she'll win either by by submission or just TKO ground and pound. But I think it's gonna take a it's gonna take a second. So it'll be in the third round. So I'm predicting Paige Van Zant with the with the finish in round three. Oof. I gotta go Hebas. I think that it's a tough fight. I don't think she finishes Paige. I think it has to go to decision, but I just think that she's Similar to the Honda Marcos fight, she's going to get all of the positions she needs and she's going to be able to just score points the whole time. I think that the fact that she can control the striking is going to be a factor. I think that she's not going to leave the openings that Paige tends to need to get herself going. And I think that's just going to open up the rest of her game offensively. So I think it's going to go Hebus personally. Okay, um, split. In terms of the future for PVZ... Um, I think, look, if Amanda wins, she's set up for a big fight. You know, you beat Mackenzie Dern, you beat Paige Van Zandt. You're going to get a good fight in your next outing. That's easy enough. Paige, okay, um, I'll say this, win or lose. When you look at the flyweight division and look, there's still a lot of movement. When you look at the middle of the pack, the division is way more fun with Paige in it. I think that's safe enough to say. My thing about it is that I am very aware she's in such a weird situation. And the easiest way I can explain it is that for if you're UFC, if you're any fight promotion, Bellator, one championship, pick one, not just UFC. The you want an athlete, you want a star who's putting on product for you, right? She's fighting, she's active, right? I think the fact that she's been injured, I mean, this is going to be her third year plus layoff in as many years. And, you know, she's only two and two since she's been getting hurt, right? That doesn't exactly scream title challenger. That doesn't exactly scream major dollars coming from me. Now, mind you, uh, on the other side of the coin, uh, Natalie, I did the math. Uh, I looked at the numbers. On social media, she has more followers than Max Holloway, more than Stipe, and more than Amanda Nunes. That's not a small thing. And yes, you know, I think a lot of them, she does have a big non-MMA audience following her. But the fact is, that's that's a value you can't really quantify. She does bring eyeballs. And, you know, just like Danica Patrick, even if you're not a NASCAR person... There are plenty of guys and girls everywhere that tune in to watch that girl drive that green GoDaddy car, right? It's the same thing with Paige Van Zandt. And 
the only way I can describe it is all the outside of MMA stuff she does, that does bring her value. But the only time that brings in value for the fight promotion like the UFC is if she's active. And the fact is, she just hasn't been in recent years. And I think that's why there's this big schism between her and the promotion. So I think that she does have value. But if you tell me that she's going to leave to go to Bellator and maybe more immediate title opportunities and then her husband's there, I wouldn't be surprised either, to be very honest with you. Yeah, Bellator makes the most sense because of, of her husband. And, and you know, we've seen it time and time again. Whenever a, a big name, wherever they were on the rankings, leaves the UFC to go to Bellator, they're, they're like top of the line, uh, you know, top of the queue for a title shot, if not given a title shot immediately. So they, they really set you up really nicely when you move over to Bellator. But... You know, UFC is still the, the number one promotion. They're the ones actually putting on fights, except for, you know, LFA. None of the other um, MMA promotions have, have gotten back into motion. So does that have anything to do with it? You know, how quickly does she want to fight again? But, of course, the main thing is, does she come out of this fight healthy? Like, the arm is no no joke. This is a real injury that's caused her a lot of, uh, a lot of setbacks. So... She has a lot to think about, but honestly, man, she's so positive and she's already been through so much in her life that no matter what, I think she'll be, uh, she'll be just fine. But we can't forget, right, that, that she became famous. The platform she's, she's building off of right now came from the UFC, came from being an MMA fighter in the UFC. So if she stops fighting, how does she continue to promote herself? I don't know. So it's a lot. It's a lot going on for her right now, but uh, but this is a great stage to 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 sort of prove her worth for the next couple of years in in this world, anyway. No, for sure, and I think also um, I'll say this. Uh, I am very. I think it's very likely if she were to jump ship that Bellator. You know, I'm with you there. It's very easy. Were she to lose, and I'll also bring this up. Not, you know, here, so you can hear it. That's me knocking on wood. If she were to injure her arm again, I don't know if any other fight promotion is necessarily ready to just, you know, ka-ching, just, you know, max contract kind of deal. You get what I'm saying? Just because yeah, there, there's a little bit of that concern. I, I, so I do want to say this is not just, oh, shoe-in slam dunk. There is going to be room for negotiation, in my opinion, so... Because like I said, all of that, yes, she's a big star, but you need her to fight too. And I think that's the only thing that's any hang-up. Besides that, she brings in the audience. And that's like the number one thing anyone is looking for ever, right? So that's the one major hang-up. Anyway, um, that's going to be a fun one. Just stylistically, that's a fun fight. I like that kicking off the pay-per-view. I think it's going to just work. I think like, how do I put it? It's the lead-off position. And, you know, like, you put someone in there to start the momentum. I think this is a great matchup. And it leads to another great female fight. Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas 2. Uh, very high stakes, especially for Rose Namajunas in terms of the title picture. But at the end of the day, I think it's so fun. The style matchup, the mental battle for Rose coming off the knockout loss. For Jessica coming off a knockout loss to Wei Lee. And... 
you know, they both have something to prove to themselves against each other. I mean, I'm here for it. Let's go. Yeah, man. B- before Masvidal came in to replace Burns, this fight, Nami Yunus Andraj was the one I was most excited about. Now it's a tie with, with Rose and Jessica and Kamaru and, and Jorge. But, man, you know, I'm a huge, huge Rose Nami Yunus fan. She looked so good against Jessica Andraj up until, right? She was sticking and moving. Really great speed with her hands, accuracy, awesome footwork. A little that Lomachenko um, spinning out after throwing a punch or, you know, spinning out with the, with the left hook. She's an excellent fighter, an excellent MMA fighter. She's, she's intelligent, she's gutsy, and she's very skilled. And she was beating up Andraj quite handily. But then you got Jessica Andraj, who beast mode, beast moded her way into a title with that vicious uh, body slam, right? So this is just completely different styles, completely different styles that um, make for a really exciting fight. Not only the first time around, because you know Andraj was there was always that chance that you know we saw what she did to Carolina Kovalevich. There was always that chance that she could land hands on Rose and knock her out. But nobody saw that slam KO coming. We saw slam attempts. We, we knew that was a possibility. But but this is this is excellent. Andrade has a lot to prove. She wants to get back into that title spot. She lost it the fight, you know, the following fight. We all know that. So high, high stakes for Andrade as pertains to getting back to the title shot. For Rose, it's that as well, but so much more, right? Because of how she lost, um, the journey she's been on since then, the the COVID-19 tragedy, you know, loss of family that she's had. There's so much more going on here. And we know that she's a very, I say this adm- from, from a place of admiration, very sensitive and, and mindful. Um, and so, so, so anything that happens to her, she feels it very strongly. And when you think about these two styles, when you think about these two personalities, it's a heck of a fight, man. I'm super excited for this. Um, I have my pick. I'm gonna wait till you're done. I want to hear what you say. I, I, I'm I'm really curious to see how you're how you're looking at this. I mean, I, I've said this um, for years. Jessica Andrade fights with that gangster. I mean, her and Joanna are easily my two favorite female MMA fighters to watch, and you know, for completely opposite reasons. I love watching Joanna because she's just surgical with her striking. Jessica just. I'm sorry, but if everybody fought like that, UFC would be the number one sport across the world, more than anything else, more than football, soccer, rugby, everything you could think of if they all fought like Jessica Andrade, period. Now, I think that when I look at the fight stylistically, um, you know what, Jessica, just gritty, get in range, try to let go, make it a physical fight, Rose... Obviously, we saw in the first fight more technical. She wants to keep it at range. She wants to use that footwork, use that length of hers. If I have to put my finger on it, I'd say that for Jessica, the fight is much more tactical in terms of the changes she's had to make. She was losing that first round, and she can't just count on getting, you know, one move, a slam to get her out of it. So I think for her, it's kind of showing, hey, how do you deal with this? Do you incorporate more leg kicks or something? Do you try to, you know, maybe make her come to you? All of that is going to be, you know, the X factor. Because we all know how it went before then. I think for Rose, it's really mental. 
because I think at the end of the day, you know, it's got to come down to one. You want to fight just as good as you were, if not better, in the first round. And two, you know, you, you can't sit there and think, oh, well, don't get slammed. Tactically, for, you know, and I'm not saying we don't all make mistakes. Getting knocked out is as simple as your hand was down, right? It's not always something big in terms of changes, but it's not just don't get slammed. I think that mentally, hey, you're in there with this girl who did devastating damage the first time. So mentally, has she recovered from that? Is there going to be any hesitation? If there's not, then really I think it's just of, hey, is she just as sharp as she just as dialed in? And I think that's really the X factor. What are we going to see mentally from Rose Namajunas? And yeah, everyone is going to be talking to her this week. Wei Li Zhang, do you think you could win the belt back? Do you think you could stop her from moving up to fight Valentina? It's all right there, right? So more pressure on Rose because of that. But then Jessica also wants to show, hey... I'm done, you guys, looking past me. And that's a big motivator also. Yeah, man, just uh, going to reiterate how, how freaking excited I am for this fight. So much going on. And the other thing is, remember how Rose, <laughs> I mean, this is not news, but it just kind of makes me makes me laugh every time I think about it, how she had, like, neck problems. And she says, after that slam, when it looked like, you know, you could just cause such severe damage to yourself, her neck never felt better. So you know, there was some upside to it. Um, let's hope uh, let's hope she can avoid the uh, the slam this time. Uh, the reason I mention it is because you know it's it's one of those things where like how concerned is she going to be um, about you know PTSD a little bit if you will about that slam. But you know apart from the fact she lost the belt, they actually you know fixed her of a, of a like a nagging ailment. So maybe she doesn't look upon it too poorly. I mean that's. That's a very good point. I'm not going to lie. I, I don't know. It's just Rose, she's a very walk to the beat of your own drum in a different way, right? I mean, she doesn't really care about a lot of the, what I put it, a lot of the pageantry around it. She's just really there to kind of do her thing and say the right thing, you know, in terms of the people watching her. I do think it comes from a genuine place, but, you know, I think uh, Cormier brought this up and you've kind of seen it. She's just kind of quiet at the house, you know, she's, you know, I, I don't think that she's probably ever gone anywhere non-UFC related with her title belt. She's just very chill and, you know, I think that's a big part of the mystique is like, okay, how does this person in particular recover from that kind of performance the way it ended? But Natalie, we beat it around the bush enough. Who is your pick? Do you have it as <laughs> Nama Yunus? Yes, I have my pick as Nama Yunus, of course. I knew it. <laughs> Um, not only, as I said, am I a huge fan, but I actually think she has what it takes to, to win. Similar to what she did the first time around, stick and move, speed, footwork. Um, she just has to be able to, well, here's the difference is, is the last time she was, my concern at the time was even round two, or I should say in round two, you know, Andrade was starting to get a little more aggressive and I thought, okay, can Rose keep this up? Cause she had to move a lot to stay out of out of the way of Andrade charging forward with her arms swinging in front of her. Now we've got three rounds. So, so this is, this is actually in, in Rose's favor as far as keeping up that pace to avoid getting, getting cornered by Andrade. So I think if Rose just sticks to that game plan, stick and move, then um, I think she's going to be in a good spot. I think she'll win by decision. Possibly. Did she say she's going to 
try to do a win by knockout or my my is that Andrade who said that maybe they both did I mean um, I feel like they always do they always <laughs> it's like well I was a fighter that's that would be always exactly my oh yeah it's like man I'm gonna try to take this all 25 minutes who's ever said that I'm hoping for a split decision and uh, I'll just go from there <laughs> and controversy I need one judge to be you know eyes yeah. closed no um I think that they both say that um I love Jessica Andrade. I love her game. I've said that already. But I just think Rose Namajunas is going to have done the work. I think that she just stylistically, you saw just how bad a matchup she was. I think that she's going to take what she knew in the first fight, the preparation, and now she's going to just channel everything. I think she's going to tune out the noise, like we've tuned out all the audience noise during the apocalypse. And I think she's just going to get the job done. I don't think it's going to be as clean as last time. I think that um, the first fight before the slam, she was enwrapped to a finish. I think this time Jessica makes Jessica brings it and Rose has to hang on for the decision. She's just going to have to outwork her. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're in lockstep there. I think Rose's decision as well. So I can't wait. There we go. Let's get to the fun stuff. The first title of the evening in the Bantamweight division. Pewter Jan against Jose Aldo, the King of Rio. Um, you know what? To get to the X's and O's, Jose, I think he's just a much faster boxer. I think speed and output is all going to be in his favor. That being said... I kind of see this fight very similar to the Marlon Moraes fight is that if he doesn't get himself going early or if, you know, Peter Jan walks him down a little bit, I don't know if Aldo's game can withstand that for 25 minutes. I think that if he doesn't throw leg kicks and I mean, it's like a whole forum on Reddit. Like why doesn't Jose Aldo throw leg kicks anymore? There's a lot of reasons <laughs> that people have hypothesized that makes sense. The fact is, he hardly ever throws them. And I'm not about to predict that he's about to start using them Saturday, if I'm being honest with you. So if he's going out there to try to outbox uh, Moraes or try to work from the clinch in short range, I think that Pewter Jan over 25 minutes has the advantage because I think that he's going to put that forward pressure on Aldo and quite bluntly, I think that he's got the IQ that unless Aldo uses more weapons, it's not going to be enough. I think that Pyrion is going to chop him down. He's going to make it a more physical fight, more of a brawl. And that's just going to favor Pyrion. If it doesn't, then obviously Jose Aldo is outboxing him to the finish line for 25 minutes. Yeah, man, this is an interesting one. So Jose Aldo... Trying, you know, title shot at 135, looking for redemption because of that that Marlon Marais fight. And if you saw the countdown, he's pretty, I would say, pretty raw about it, about not getting the decision. Right? He was, he was, he was very confident that he won. I rewatched that that fight, and like they, you know, even the commentators were were on his side. So uh, a lot of uh, consensus that he won that fight, didn't get the decision. Okay, fine. So then he says. He vows to finish all his fights from now on in that in that countdown video, right? And he looks dead serious, like like you don't want to mess around with that guy. And to me, that's the X factor here: is is how vicious is he going to come out to to just make sure he doesn't get screwed again? On top of that, the leg kicks is something I'm you know thinking about. 
because especially how Jan, how Jan sort of fights, but also the body shots, man. He can throw some vicious body shots. I think that could be a factor as well. Then I look at Piotr Jan, and there's just like an iciness to this guy, right? I don't know what they have in, in the Siberian water, but but gosh darn it, he's 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 a scary he's a scary dude, right? He's patient, and that short range power that he has is something else. The way he kicked Uriah Faber from such such close distance is incredible. Not many people can do that. So that that's a huge thing that he'll have a huge asset that he'll have, especially if Aldo comes comes charging in. He can just whip out that leg or or fist or whatever it is. And, and he could really hurt Aldo. The other thing I'm thinking about is, again, going back to the countdown video, if you saw him training at, at um, in Thailand at Tiger Muay Thai, it looked like his training video was on fast forward. The speed that guy was displaying, really, really impressive. So I think ultimately the short range power, flexibility that he has with his legs in a close distance and, and his speed and patience, that's going to be what gives him the edge over Aldo, even though Aldo's coming out dead serious to finish his fight, to finish this fight. So he gets a clear victory. So, uh, you know, all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and just, just admit here that I am picking Jan and I think he's going to, he's going to get a TKO. I'm looking at round four TKO for Piotr Jan. I mean, uh, like I said, I'm not predicting Aldo to use leg kicks. If he does, I say Jose Aldo, round four TKO. If he doesn't, I think that this goes round five decision for Pewter Jan. And so, like I said, I don't predict him using the kicks. So I do think Pewter Jan is going to do the damage in the key moments. I don't think that, especially early, early in that fight is going to be crazy because Aldo, once again, you know, he's a legend for a reason. And I know people have their thoughts about him getting the title shot. Don't tell me you don't think that Aldo's going to bring it and make it fun. And I said it last week. I think that this is the title fight with the most propensity for damage. Now, I did say that before Friday, so I want to admit that now. But, <laughs> um, I mean, stylistically, Jan brings damage. Aldo brings damage. I think those first few rounds are going to be great, beautiful MMA, but... Down the stretch, I think it's just going to start to all go toward Pewter Jan, and I have him taking it by unanimous decision. Okay. So, so okay, we're both in agreement on Rose uh, and, and Jan. Jan. Just, you know, we see it ended differently. Okay. And then we're split on... Page you pick Hebus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. All right, here we go. So we're getting a little closer to the main event, but we got one important stop. I asked Max Holloway this today, is Fight Island the 11th island? I think that he, I gave him an answer he couldn't say no to. So he was like, I think that's what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> so yes, um, uh, the king of Hawaii on the 11th island, Fight Island in Abu Dhabi against the Australian powerhouse Alex Volkanovsky. Um, ironically... If you remember, Natalie, we never got to talk about this fight because you were uh, a little predisposed, which I understand. Uh -huh. However, now that we've had, I guess, uh, what's the easiest way to put it? I don't want us to break down a whole 25-minute fight just for this, but I guess what was your takeaway from, what was your biggest takeaway from the first fight? It was 
surprised that that Volkanovski was doing so well against Max. And looking back now, like even when I watched it initially, I was still like in the haze of, you know, the beginnings of motherhood. And so I'm glad I went back to watch it again now because that same feeling persisted. But um, now I think more clearly about Max and maybe he was maybe he was burned out. You know, he'd been going pretty nonstop for a long time. It just didn't seem like a typical Max Holloway performance. Um, but Volkanovski was doing all the right things. He was not, you know, he was closing in so quickly that Max didn't, just didn't have time to, to fire his shots. He just never figured out the timing, really, of Volkanovski. I really doubt that's going to be the case this time around. But, but just speaking specifically about the previous fight, that was my takeaway. Surprise. Ultimately, though, feeling like maybe Max was just uh, a, little bit, uh, a little bit burned out. Um, I'm going to toss it to you again. What is the biggest difference that has to happen in the rematch for both men? Speed for Max Holloway. He has to fire his strikes sooner to combat the closing speed of Volkanovski. Um, he says, I think in the countdown or something somewhere else in an interview, the leg kicks didn't hurt him. Okay. That's kind of hard to believe, but I accept him. He's not a BSer, right? So is he going to check the kicks or is he just going to let it roll like he did last time and, and you know, hopefully be better prepared everywhere else? Um, the other thing is, and I <laughs> this is semi-seriously, the hair. I love his new hair, the long hair. And you know what they say, man? I don't know. Like, it's such a different thing. Uh, is it going to affect how he fights? He's been, he's been training, like, over Zoom, does, hasn't done any sparring. You know, is he used to fighting with long hair when he gets sweaty? How's he going to react? It's silly, but it's something that I, I'm literally thinking about. I'm trying to look at everything here. Um, so those are the things I'm looking at for Max. You know, hair and don't I, make the man, right? Dude, I, I, <laughs> well, I, mean, I really and, like the hair, by the way. I think he looks great. It's like yeah. a completely different look. It's like when Dustin Poirier stopped like shaving his head. And like all of a sudden I was like, I couldn't even recognize him. Uh, same thing happened to me for a second with Max. Uh, he looks amazing. Yes, hair does not make the man. But uh, when you think I'll be about, honest. I, I saw Steve Harvey say it once, and I thought it was hilarious. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> the hair of Max is awesome. The yes. hair of Max is awesome. So so um, anyway, that's what I think he has to do, right? Basically, be faster. Beat him to the punch. Um, and the flow. Max has flow. The, that that was missing on the on the first the first go around. But Volkanovski is he's tricky, man. That stance switching that he does. He's super evasive, but. When he throws his shots, even though he's evasive, he's always planted when he throws his shots. And so there's always power behind it. He has really excellent waist movement. It makes me think of Canelo Alvarez, mm -hmm. the way he can sort of, um, uh, it's not necessarily slipping punches, but the way he can get himself into position to throw punches is, is really impressive. Um, and when you look back at that fight, he never stopped touching Max. Never, never, never stopped. Never stopped pressing, never stopped touching him. Even if he wasn't causing crazy damage, he was always on him. He was on him. Max is prepared for this now. He's refreshed. Um, you know, even though the training <laughs> the training camp has been completely different, sometimes that's what you need. You know, you think about someone like Michael Bisping, who who won his championship under unusual circumstances as far as training goes. So and one eye, <laughs> and one eye. It turns out, yeah. So. Uh -huh. Yeah, um, anyway, there's just a lot, man. There's a lot going on here. These are two excellent strikers, excellent fighters, um, different, but also both um, fluid. 
And so who's going to, who's going to get the edge here? I don't know, but, but I would love to hear your take on this, you know, looking back a little bit and then, and then looking forward. Real quick. Yes or no. He actually only trained via Zoom. Again, he's not a BSer. If he says he did only Zoom training, then, and then that's what he did. I asked him straight up, and to be honest, he did. He made me believe him, but then I also, come on now, like I don't believe Jorge Masvidal actually ate a pi that pizza in Rome. Oh, he did not eat the pizza. Thank yes, you for bringing that, that up. Yes, some. So it's like I, I feel like he's, you know, like I feel like he said it. That way his family could win more money at in Vegas when they bet on him. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel like that. He, there's no freaking way. I just, uh, I need to, I'm sorry, but you, you're never going to convince me of that. You know, like you're never going to convince me that Daniel Cormier didn't know about the towel, no matter how many ways he says oh, it. Oh, of course he did. Look yeah. at the interview where someone, I can't remember who asked him, is like he can't even barely hold back a smile. Like he <laughs> Okay. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, main takeaways. I'm not going to make this one long-winded. Uh, the first fight was a great example of what I mean. Just competitive fight, but just one guy got the better of a couple more positions, and that's what mattered most. Same thing. That was a, you know, Volkanovski just got the better of several more exchanges in that fight with Max. Max did, you know, he did touch him. He did connect him, but, and it was competitive, but... Very bluntly, you knew who was get coming out of each round, having done a little bit more, having just been a little more successful. And it was Volkanovski. And even down the stretch, it was still a very competitive fight. In the rematch, um, I'm with you there. I think that initiating the action's got to be Max. I think if you're being patient, that all the seconds you spend waiting is all time that Volkanovski is going to use. Now, you know, when he says, well, you know, he, it wasn't that much, I'd point out that you don't fight a 25-minute fight and look fresh if you're putting everything into his shots. So I don't think that Volkanovski was looking necessarily to blitz Max. I think that he was just looking to keep a nice high pace, and I think he did that very well. I think the biggest change for Volkanovski, you need to put a little more on those kicks. He did a good job making Max respect the power in the first fight. Make him, you know, don't stand in front of Volkanovski to let him just wind up. I think he's got to do that, but except this time, faint, really let it rip to the legs. Because I think that's the only way you're going to take away the adjustments that Max Holloway makes. He's got to feel like even worse than before, he can't make the changes that he did. Because in the first fight, I think very bluntly, Max got a second win. He's got to work the body a little more, use the kicks, make it so that's not as much of a factor. The boxing and all that, I don't think it's going to be that drastically different coming from Max going into the rematch. It's just going to be a different tactic. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, um, I'm going to go first. I think that... I know Max has been... You don't get to where he was without knowing your stuff. This is going to be a high-level chess match, in my opinion, with violence. I think that's why it's beautiful. But I'm going Volkanovski again. I think that um, he made me a believer in the first fight. I think he comes from a fantastic team in, with Eugene Behrman and City Kickboxing. I think it's going to be the great once again. Um, you know what? 
TKO. I haven't predicted <gasps> one. I'm going to go third round. They're going to go crazy, and he's just going to get that sequence for him to stop Max. Damn, Double G, you had me throwing my head back and then gasping. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm obviously going the other way. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think Max. I think Max is going to win by decision. I don't think he's going to be able to finish Volkanovski. Um, but now you're making me nervous because you set you, you painted such a clear picture there. Um, but uh, no, I'm going with Max. I think he's going to out outpoint him, and that's uh, that's all she wrote. He'll get his belt back via decision. Oh, here we go. We are officially <laughs> two and two. The tiebreaker, the main event of Fight Ooh. Island. And I'm going to hit you with a curveball, Natalie. I'm going to be the bearer of bad news. Oops. Jorge Masvidal is taking this fight on... I'm going to give him the spare change. I'm going to give him all seven days notice. He got the news (laughs) probably Friday to, you know, Friday night to think about being ready to this coming Saturday. He is a bad MF. This is true before he had the belt. But I'm going to just say this right now. Kamaru Usman was always stylistically the worst matchup for Jorge in the division. And I think that that doesn't change on six days notice. Um, I think that, um, and also now to bring it up, Mike Brown, the orchestrator who was drilling the famous flying knee before he stopped Masvidal, sorry, before he stopped Askren, is not going to be there. Uh, real quick, do you think Latori Gonzalez's passport is expired? <laughs> I mean, hey, we need, we need a cornerman, right? She's undefeated. Come on. I think that would be amazing. And she's really sweet and has a, you know, clearly like a nurturing side to her that I think Masvidal will respond to. So let's, let's charter that plane once again. And get her out there. <laughs> He's getting taken down for 10 minutes. You're doing great. <laughs> so oh, nice. gosh. Um, you know what? Uh, so I think here's the thing. Uh, on the plus, yes, I'm very, uh, no question. Masvidal wins. It's one of the most epic stories ever in MMA. When you look at his whole career, when you look at the pandemic, when you look at this event, when you look at the resume behind Kamara Usman, absolutely, 100% breakout star, put him on the talk shows, all this other stuff, he will officially have gotten to that level, for sure. I'm not going to sit here and act like on six days notice that Kamara Usman isn't thinking about, man, just drag this guy into deep water and oh boy, you can't tell me that that didn't cross his mind. And I, I get it. They're all saying he's been working. He's been working. In all honesty, by the time you got to Friday, do you really do, still think it was going to happen for you? I've heard a lot of guys say it, but then at a certain point, they were like, yeah, I gave up on it and I started eating pizza. Yeah. That's my entire <laughs> thing. As epic as it would be for Masvidal, I am very aware of, you know, people acting like just because he's Masvidal and he's got that style that it's an easy fight. This is still one of the toughest stylistic matchups on a full camp. Yeah, Go ahead I mean, and take it away. <laughs> uh, you know, he might have been still staying fit. 
and maybe not eating crazy, but I'm sure he had a little bit of that mezcal somewhere in there uh, before he got that news. Um, this is just super exciting. I mean, Mazadal fighting anyone is exciting these days. I am a latecomer to the Mazadal train. You know, when he was a 155er and, and was, was winning or losing a lot of his fights via decision, you know, I didn't regard him much. And so if, if he heard me talking now, he would say, you're not a fan. You can't be a fan now, right? You're too late. You had to have been there from the beginning. I certainly wasn't. However, I'm not going to bet against Jorge Masvidal ever, frankly. That being said, Usman is the champion for a reason. And what I am curious about, though, you know, when he fought Colby, they kept talking about wrestling, wrestling, and did they even wrestle for a second? No. So is Kamaru going to try to strike with Masvidal? Probably not. So is he going to try, as you said, just, you know, take him down, hold him down? That's that's my guess as well. Um, but but if Masvidal just realizing that and taking into account his, you know, truncated training, if any at all, as far as fight camp goes, the 20 pounds that he has to cut in a week, you know, I'm guessing he's going to come out you know, this is how he fights, but he's going to come out in an enhanced version of this as with speed, aggression, and he's just going to be like, you know, prison yard energy, right? Vicious body kicks um, and, and just, you know, aggression. So I think Masvidal is going to try to finish it early and Usman's going to have to try and just evade and then and then grind it out. That's what I think is going to happen do you want to hear my prediction, like, for who's going to win? No, um, but I want to take it one more time. That's what I thought. Go for <laughs> it. You know what? Um, my biggest takeaway with this, uh, yeah, for sure, I think Masvidal is looking to blitz. He's looking to do a lot of early damage. Um, for any other reason in that, even if it's not to stop Kamaru, you want to do something that kind of takes the wind away early. You don't want Kamaru to feel like he's comfortable and get into a rhythm you want to make him feel like he's got to overcome the challenge anything you could do to make things sway in your favor early he's going to try to do it um i know like look he doesn't need a deep gas tank to land a five second flying knee my thing about that is that i imagine kamaru's you know the second they start talking about this fight it's all about closing the distance and I would like to point out, compared to Askren and Nate Diaz, Kamaru Usman physically matches up very well. He's not going to really get pushed around unless he's, landing, he's getting landed on with direct hits from Jorge. I think that's two very key factors going into this fight compared to a lot of the you know, BMF performances we saw last year. That being said, I think that in the middle of the octagon, that has never really gone well when you break down this fight for Kamar Usman. Even against Colby Covington, that, you know, that was an impressive performance, but even then that started to feel like a pick'em fight, right? Jorge's a different animal on the feet, so I don't think that staying in the middle of the octagon it works for him. If Jorge can keep it there, if he can be accurate, if he could just be uh, more unpredictable, mix it up, defend some takedowns, that's going to be huge early. Then we have a very interesting fight. Then we have a fight that really starts to favor Masvidal. I think that for Kamaru, it's going to be all about work behind a disciplined defense. 
take your time, but really just get close to him and just make, like I said, drag this into deep water. You want to make him feel all 20 pounds that he had to lose this week. You want him to feel all those hours on the plane. He's a great athlete. He's in great shape, Jorge, but at a certain point, you just want Kamaru to hit the button so that it all falls on him at once. And I think that's going to be the key is that, you know, finally, he's a competent striker. I think that, you know, he's... If if Jorge Masvidal lands a first-round flying knee, something like that, you know what? I'm never going to pick against him either. He's going to be in that Demetrius Johnson, George St. Pierre territory, in my opinion. But, you know, I just don't see that happening. I think that that's the one thing Kamaru knows to watch out for, is he's going to blitz and he's going to blitz early. So, there's a close fight. I'm, Jorge is going to be a bad mofo again. He's going to bring the fight for as long as that lasts. But I've said it from the top, man, Kamaru's just a tough, tough guy stylistically for him with that wrestling. I think it's going to go toward the fourth and he's just eventually going to accumulate the damage. Kamaru Usman, um, all the numbers just flow in his favor and I think that's going to be the difference for a guy at his level. Damn. Kamaru Usman, you think, will finish him in the fourth? Yep. Damn. Uh, okay. I mean, I think people sleep on just how good he is because he's more soft-spoken and he's kind of been the turtle, right? Slow and steady on the way to the title. I get it, but yeah, he's a very, very good fighter. No, no, no. I'm not knocking. I'm not knocking him at all. But yeah, fourth round TKO. Okay. Oh come on! Uh, Don't act like that's that groundbreaking. <laughs> the guy's taking the fight on six days' notice. Yeah, anything. Yeah. No matter what happens, it's gonna be crazy that it happened to Jorge. Whether Six he wins or lo- whether he wins or loses, twenty pound weight cut. Um, no head know. coach. No head coach. Pizza. No pizza. He didn't eat the pizza. I'm just kidding. There's no way. The way he's like pretending to bite it. Like I love pizza. It's my favorite dish. He the did whole, not eat the pizza. The whole slice is still there. I can tell he's not eating it. It's just it's so it's and, so fun. And by the way, on seven days' notice. Do you remember that he's still got to sleep and eat and do media in these seven days? Yeah. Hopefully he just stops talking to everybody once. Is, is he? Well, did he do media day you had today or no? When did you have the... We're scheduled to talk to him on Thursday. Thursday. Okay. So he's doing it. All right. If I were him, I would say no thanks um, because of what he's doing right now, what he's undertaking. But that being said, uh, I think the blitz is going to work. I think Mazadal is going to come out fast and strong. It's not going to happen in the first round. I think it's going to be the second round. Um, you know, he has those vicious, vicious body kicks I mentioned. He's just got to worry about Usman using that, grabbing that leg, taking him down. But I think he's going to come out hard and fast enough, and he's going to get catch Usman and, and knock him out, actually. Usman is an excellent fighter. You're correct. The wrestling is next level. But sometimes I look at his feet, especially in the Colby fight, like, they're almost like a little stiff. He has strange footwork, a little stiff. I think Mazadal can capitalize on that with a little bit of swagger, a little bit of juking, and I think he can catch him. So Mazadal TKO, uh, sorry KO Mazadal KO round two. Oh, here we go. All right, <laughs> so we're. I think this. Well, I'll also point out this is arguably the most fights we've actually predicted for a single card. We're split. Um, 
the main event, I've got Kamaru, you've got Jorge. Co-main event, I've got Alex, you've got Max. Um, Coco, uh, we both have Jan, we both have Rose, and then we're split, Paige and Amanda. This is an epic main card. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Every time I see those dang pictures, I'm one, you know, I'm ready to leave California and get to Abu Dhabi. It's it's gonna be a fun night, man. Um, Natalie, before I let you go, next week we've got two main events: Calvin Cater versus Danny Gay, Davison Figueroa versus Joseph Benavidez two for the flyweight title. What are your major takeaways? Or what are your major points to look forward to? So, Cater Ige is going to be a crazy good scrap, for sure. Uh, Figueredo Benavides, I mean, wow. Like, Benavides, it was a devastating loss. That was his belt to have, to win. And getting a second chance like this, the pressure's really on. But they've had experience with each other now. And so, it's just like mentally who can come out on top. I think that's going to be Benavides. But I'm, I'm looking forward to, to digging in a little bit deeper. Um, so, so excited about both of these main events and then side, side note, uh, because I'm very curious who they're going to pick to, uh, to fight Frankie Edgar on that co-main, uh, Cater versus EK. Ricky Simone is there. Chito Vera is there. If I'm UFC, I go with Chito. I think that that's a big fight that it puts Frankie Edgar where you want him, right? He beats a relatively, you know, known guy who's kind of doing his thing and um but you know i think it's a good stylistic matchup for frankie also so i like that fight i i hope they announce it soon that's just stressful for everybody so anyway best wishes gilbert burns mike brown uh mr rodriguez mr dos santos and everyone in between uh everybody stay safe but natalie fight island Three sleeps, four sleeps. Am I doing the math right? I don't even know. I just know I'm ready. I'm ready to wake up Saturday. I'm ready to order the pizza Saturday afternoon. I'm ready to sit down Saturday night and just have fun, kick back, and enjoy the show. Dude, I like your uh, I like your plans. I might copy you on that because this is going to be something special, man. I, I'm super excited. I can't wait. All right. Well, guys, once again, thank you for listening, and we'll be back next week.